Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Marshall, how are we today? Ah, I'm, I'm hungover, man. Hungover? <laughs> oh, I have, a, I have a learning hangover from episode <laughs> 104. Right. Our, our two-year anniversary episode with Lynn, uh, the John Wooden coach disciple. Uh, yeah, just so much good stuff. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah. But I think I might have hurt my brain. Well, and, and our, our listeners, both of them, uh, don't know that uh, we talked to Lynn for about 15 minutes beforehand, and then we probably talked to him another half hour to an hour afterwards. Oh, yeah. Uh, so just an absolute download of uh, wisdom that uh, we are we are still grappling with, aren't we? Oh, yeah. When it comes to John Wooden and Lynn, you know, we have a saying in Indiana, uh, the boys ate up with it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. uh, he's, he's such a passionate disciple uh, for, yeah. for the coach. So, so yeah. yeah. And here we are today still talking about it. So you, oh, you yeah. were especially struck by something. Do you want to share sort of what what you uh want to bring to the table today oh yeah just a, a quote from one of the the books that uh that lynn recommended which was the book wooden uh and uh coach writes in the book he says being a role model is the most powerful form of educating hmm. and it's like okay i've heard this before i think uh in 1942 i think gandhi said uh, my life is my message. Mm -hmm. And, and coach goes, you know, coach Wooden goes into, you know, he goes into, to, you know, to deeper and says, listen, you know, you, you can't, that this idea that you have, you're asking people to do something that you're not willing to do, uh, is, is just completely ludicrous. It's just, it's not a way to lead. It's not a way to coach. It's not a way to change behavior. Yeah. And, you know, my mother grew up with the saying and shared it with us. Um, be careful, little eyes are upon you. Um, and uh, I, I can't remember if it was while we were recording or not, but apparently Coach Wooden had a, 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 a long form poem on his desk with a picture of a, a, a kid following in his father's footsteps up the beach uh, with the same general principle behind it. And of course, it might be little eyes upon you. It might be uh, your neighbor's eyes upon you. It might be your community's eyes upon you. And it might be your employees' eyes yeah. upon you. Yeah, so here we are. Your team members are watching. Uh, you know, I, I love that old quote. Uh, uh, what you're doing speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, you know, we had... Uh, Hey, we, I may have had the, the fortunate experience of parents who use the mm -hmm. do what I say, not what I do, uh, you know, kind of thing. And, and it's weird because I think it's one of these one of these things that's, a, that's just inherent in, in humans that we see the dissonance between what's being said and what's what's being done. Um, you know, even right. as a even as a kid. Right. I would go to the doctor and, you know, I had old school doctor, you know, local town practitioner and. And he was overweight and he smoked. <laughs> and he was telling me these healthy things I should be doing. Right. Like, right. Well, I'm just but a you kid. You don't do them. 
yeah, this is not making any sense to me. You're the you're the professional in this particular realm. You know, and I, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get hate mail from people who are big boned. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I'll use the, the other example that, that we used to hear was uh, never trust a skinny chef. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. Okay. If you're not eating it, why should I eat it? Uh, yeah. So, so this, my life is my message. Uh, the role model is the greatest form of education. And when you look at Coach Wooden, you know, some of the things he talked about, right? He never, he never used profanity mm-hmm. uh, while coaching. And in this day and age of coaching, you know, it's like, it seems That's like how it's, it's done. It's a given at this point. And, and so, and the, the reason was very simple. I don't want my players using these words. So I don't use these words. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about this from a, from a leadership standpoint, you know, we, you know, we, we talk about customer service and we go, you know, it would never be acceptable for a team member to yell at a customer. Right. And yet somehow we think it's okay for the manager to yell at the team member. Like, no, no, that's, you know, you, yeah, you're, the, the message is so mixed and we wonder why, Okay, why why do you know why is there 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 are people who aren't getting on board? Why do they not fit our culture? And if right. I'm sending conflicting a message about what our culture truly is, they're never going to get fully on board. Well, that's why we have spent so much time in the podcast, and you know, me on my blog, and both of us in our work talking about culture, uh, because culture is what you trickle downhill. So you know, we, we've used and. Many clients, uh, workplaces, uh, the service profit chain, and the idea that the most profitable companies are the ones that invest on the front end and how they treat their people so that their people can invest in how they give a customer experience. It's all trickling downhill. Um, And uh, there are some companies, um, and I've worked with some of them over the years, that you know it was a do as I say, not as I do culture. And there was always some little uh, fly in the ointment all the way through the entire process uh, where people were, you know, were on edge or cynical or, you know, something that showed that they knew that they weren't receiving what they were supposed to be giving. And they, they had to wrestle with that internally. Um, then there are these other cultures I've worked with where it's just this thing of beauty, right? Like they're not the smartest people. They're not the richest people. They don't have all the resources, but they know that that person up at the top is a woman of integrity and she's going to treat us right and we can treat our people right. And they they look to her as an example. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a role model. Oh, yeah. Well, I think about just from my from my own life, uh, my mom was 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 I'm not sure she even graduated, but she didn't graduate from high school. Uh, she went back, got her GED much later in life. Awesome. She, she was a voracious reader. Mm. So she was an incredibly educated person, self-educated. And yeah. she literally had a book in every room of our house. Mm. And, and most of my memories of my mom, when I think back, one of them I can picture clearly is she would be asleep on the couch. There would be a book laying on her chest and her glasses would be all crooked. Because <laughs> 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 she'd fall asleep reading. And, and, she, and my brother and I were both big readers. Mm-hmm. And, and and she said, yeah. She goes, 
I don't even remember when you boys learned to read. It was like you always could read. You could just always do it. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I, I, you know, and there was books, and there was the example, and and so nobody, you know, sat us down and said, you know, if you're if you're going to get anywhere in life, you got to read. It was just right. this is what you do if you this live. Is in this is how life house. works. Yeah, yeah, this house re- requires reading. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seems to be the price yep. of of food and shelter. So. Uh, and it's the norm and so when you when when you think about this as a leader uh, yeah the the immediate payoff uh, you know when you think about why this is tough to do the the short-term payoff of this is is just uh, very hard to measure impossible to measure Hmm. me not yeah me not cussing at work uh, yeah pays off in a better customer experience down the road someplace down the road yeah but what percentage of of that customer satisfaction score can i attribute to the the manner in which i speak to my employees right i don't know yeah and and that's yeah it's a good point about you know sort of kids being you know uh a great illustration of how this all works because we do see the short-term benefit uh you know i <laughs> i remember you know, we, we read to our children, you know, my oldest is 11. Um, but I don't remember exactly when it switched over to her just saying, I need another book. And she's hoovered up everything in our house, you know, everything that we would allow her to read, you know, she's read all the Laura Ingalls Wilder Little House books, wow. you know, she's uh, about to finish off all the Paddington Bear books, she's read C.S. Lewis, she's, you know, just we could go through the list of all the things that uh, are, you know, book series that are, you know, kind of, you know, novels for kids to get through. And, and she has plowed through all of them. Oh, the Anne of Green Gables books. That was the other one. That's kind of even old fashioned writing. And she's read all of them. You know, yeah, those are tough. Yeah. It's and weird. Don't, don't forget, she's uh, also made her way through the Harry Hugger series. She has made her way through the Harry Hugger series, which we'll link to in the show notes. Don't <laughs> oh, you worry oh, about that. Oh, yeah. 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 Blatant. Yeah. Self-promoting plug right there. Well, let me give you so a, a non-reading example that just happened this week. My my youngest is five and, you know, she's watched three older siblings on the bicycle. Right. And um, I don't know, like, I, I guess it just struck her. Uh, I think it was Monday. You know, they're riding up and down the driveway. And I said, you know, you ought to get off the training wheels, Veronica, and ride the balance bike. You know, there's a Seth Godin episode about this. I think, Mike, you you may remember that he talks about how, you know, the hipsters are right. The balance bike with no pedals, that's the way to teach a kid to ride a bike. Right. And um, somebody gave us one and doggone it, they're right. The millennials had it on this one. They're just, you know, millennials were all over it. Uh, so, so I get her to put it, uh, you know, put her legs over it and, um, she she goes up and down and then she sort of like has this one moment where her feet kick up in the air and she's like oh oh it's working and um and she comes back and i said hey i think you're doing it and she said well can you go ahead and take the training wheels off like oh off your real bike with pedals yeah yeah can you take those off I'm like oh well I, I guess i can and doggone if her older brother uh simon just gets next to her and he just starts showing her, this is how I do it, Veronica. And she did not fall. Like she just took off. It was like, it was done. And now by the end of the day, you know, there were a lot of bruises on her legs, but like never, 
never anything uh, terrible. She, uh, she just took off and like, she knows how to bike. She knows how to steer. She like the whole thing. Um, and it was really her brother modeling it. And the most important part is you weren't running behind her dying. (laughs) Yeah. This is, this is the best part. If I, if I do this well, then yeah, I don't have to kill myself for running behind the child for the next three months. That's the secret to families with a lot of kids, delegated parenting. Oh yeah. 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 Teach, teach your sister something. (laughs) Run behind her, whatever it takes. Yeah. It's your sister. (laughs) Well, I, I mean, that's, that's so important. And, and, and you get to examples like that. And I, I think of an example of, you know, humility, uh, where I have a, you know, a store owner, multi-million dollar, you know, businessman, and he stands in front of his team and he says, here's what I'd like to do. And I have no idea how to do it. Mm. Can you mm-hmm. help me? Yep. And, 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 you know, and of course, you know, we solve the problem. Everybody leans in and, and you want to help somebody like that. And at the same time, the, the, the setting of the example that it's okay to stand in front of your team, huge, even though you have the title and say, I don't know. I don't right. know what to do next. I don't know how to proceed. What do you guys think? You, you, you know, that's how we won the battle of the bulge. No. Uh, yeah. General, uh, I think it was General, I think the first name was Terry, General Terry Nuts McAuliffe. He was known as Nuts McAuliffe the rest of his life. He, uh, you know, the, the, the legend, you know, the legendary heroic story is that the Germans officially ask for a surrender and they send back one word, nuts. And, you know, that's how you say it, right? Like nuts. Yeah. Well, I, I saw an interview of one of his command staff you know, they're all holed up, you know, uh, in, in the bulge, you know, completely under siege. And, you know, the message comes in from the Germans and the general, you know, behind closed doors with a staff, apparently just sort of scratched his head and said, oh, nuts. And they're like, I don't know what to do. And somebody goes, hey, hey, maybe that's it. And I think he was like, maybe like he was he was like a, a captain at the time. You know, maybe that's it, captain. What? Let's just send that back. Let's send back nuts. And it became this galvanizing moment, you know, that just, you know, took us over the edge. So, uh, you know, that wasn't that wasn't his heroism and his coolness. That was him acknowledging, I don't know what to do. And his staff were on it. You know, they they took that and ran with it. Oh, that is priceless. Uh, yeah, just absolutely priceless. And, and so, yeah, the 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 store owner, uh, you know, and even that that commander. He will never know the impact that 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 moment had. Right. You know. He, you know. I I most likely won't. You know. The store owner most likely won't be there when the manager stands in front of his people and says, "Hey, listen, we're struggling with this. What do you think? You know, what can we do?" Yeah. You know, he'll never. He'll probably never see the the end product of of you know I I. I was this, and then it was emulated within my my organization, and you know, and that may be what makes this so difficult is that you have to do it purely based on faith. Oof. You know, I just got to yeah. have faith that that me doing the right thing will ultimately lead to more people doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're back to talking about purpose, 
and meaning and something beyond the organization, something beyond yourself. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's that's why it works so well for Wooden, right? I mean, it it was it was truly a faith. It it was, you know, the goal here for me is to stand before Jesus. I want to be able to do that with having made impact that's eternal impact. And that's why, you know, Len told us the story about how, you know, what he really valued in terms of photographs of himself was him with all of his players, you know, when he was in his nineties, a, a, you know, a picture with all of them. It was about making that impact. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like we, we probably ought to bring this plane in for a landing. And this is a hard one to sort of leave you with a, you know, um, a real practical, you know, like here's the three point plan for being a role model. The, you know, uh, it, it is very difficult, uh, but the coach can help us out. Uh, oh, perfect. One more. This quote. is why we don't script this stuff, Mike. Go for it. Thank you. Thank you very much. So the coach, uh, the coach writes, perhaps you fret and think you can't make a difference in the way things are wrong. You can make the biggest difference of all. You can change yourself. <laughs> that's so good yeah yeah the uh i think michael jackson said uh you know the man in the mirror right so, right. so start with that guy start with the man in the mirror and, and maybe the the assignment here the, the 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 quest the challenge the opportunity here is is just to think about what is the one thing that you do that's not aligned with the culture that you want hmm that's it. What is that one thing? It might just be a small thing. Maybe it's, yep. it's starting your meetings on time. You ask everybody else to be punctual, but your meetings always start a few minutes late. Mm -hmm. Just make that concerted effort. I'm going to start my meetings on time yeah. and know that that's, that message will be the one that, that when I say we should all be on time, we should, you know, we should never keep keeping people waiting is something we don't do here. I'm going to make a concerted effort to do that. Yeah. So, so, you know, not, not life-changing stuff, just, just this, there's a small element that is in conflict with what we say, I'm going to go tackle that. I love it. We've all had parents or guardians who in some way were hypocritical on something. I think <laughs> like you can't not be a kid and not eventually know, hey, they say this, but they did this, uh, even if it's in the short term and the best parents figure that out and call themselves out and, and correct that. So, you know, if, if you can see it from that perspective of you being a kid and remembering what it was like, maybe that can help you look at yourself in the mirror and figure out what it is at work that uh, would be against the culture you're trying to make. Love that. Work on yourself. Yep. Yep. Trust me. There's a lot of opportunity here. Huge amounts for me. Yes. Huge. Yeah. If I was, uh, if I was listening to the classified, it would say fixer upper <laughs> right. handyman dream has <laughs> potential. So yeah. Speaking of somebody who believes that we're imperfect, uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's go to our announcer. I, I spoke with him the other day and, uh, we may be getting some new intros and outros. I think I heard that and I could not be more excited or scared. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's excited about making more fun of us. So <laughs> there's that. Take it away, John. And there you have it. Another session of contemporaneous extemporizing from Mark and Mike. 
I know it's redundant, but consider who we're talking about. As always, feel free to share the ideas you heard here. No rights to reserve, no permissions needed. Thanks. See you next time on It Doesn't Take a Genius. That's good enough.